Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for giving a little bit of your time to the Gumbo Talk Show. It's yours truly, the host with the most, Brandon Johnson, a.k.a. the Gap to Google of Gumbo. Every Thursday we try to be here. The last couple of Thursdays, I know I left you, but I'm going to tell you all, business has been really, really good for a brother. And, you know, I had to make a toss-up of whether or not I did business or I did the show the last couple of weeks. And uh, because I do business as the mobile notary, I'm able to do this show. So I had to look at the catch-22 in the situation, and I chose to make money. I hope you all understand that, and uh, I do my best to get here. And uh, I'm glad that I'm here tonight. I'm glad that those of you who will be listening to this in the archive, those of you who are going to be listening live, can appreciate that. Thank you, uh, Gumbo listeners, for doing that. I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that uh, it is the mobile notary that basically keeps this show alive, along with Ron Spikes at the Blog Talk USA for the station direction. And I just uh, am grateful that us as people – of blackness are able to do the things that we're doing and bring the content that we bring to this station. So thank you all for your efforts. Thank you for liking the Gumbo Talk page. Thank you for sharing the Gumbo Talk page. And thank you for making it what it is today. Now, with that being said, we're not going to be airing live on Facebook tonight. We're only going to be old school with the Blog Talk USA, Blog Talk Radio link up uh, over here on Blog Talk Radio, uh, providing you the content through here, and it will always be recorded and saved for archives here, especially when I don't forget to hit the mute button back so that you can hear me. So that being said, tonight's show episode is entitled In My Feelings. And it's, um, of course, I I can't possibly go all the way into my feelings in this day and age because too many people, I think, feelings would be hurt if I did. But I would be remiss if I didn't share at least a part of me And then those of you who are listening, as you are uh, often, you can tune in to the show and uh, always chime in at 515-605-9375 if you want to also participate. So in my feelings, um, I must admit that the last, I'm going to say five years, Maybe the last seven years, I'm going to go back to 2013, 2012, 
I, I really started getting in tune with um, who I am as a man. I was in my mid-30s, and I, I was looking at life differently, and all of a sudden things started happening that you, you know you, you try to prepare for, um, but it's the inevitable, and it was in 2013, I want to say it was, it might have been 2012, it might have been 2012, yeah, that the incident happened. But then in 2013, I really began to realize that how death transforms individuals into, them true, into their true selves. And for me, it wasn't an experience of death directly, but a good friend of mine lost um, his grandson. And I saw how... Uh, their family just was kind of turned upside down. There was no precursor to that death, but I started looking at that and then looking at the potential for death to come my way, and then it did two years later in 2015 when my my good friend Elton Smith had a car accident like right after we had spent a whole weekend together um for celebrating his birthday and that really did me for a loop and then in 2019 when my dad Willie Joe Johnson died it was I was more angry for a long time after that, many months after that, till I realized that, you know, man, you know, if you weigh the balance of uh, boys having fathers in their life for real, as a young man, you, you don't see that a whole heck of a lot. But when you do, you know that there is another man in the making when a father spends time with his son like that. All those precursors, we're talking uh, eight, seven, five, and three, well, two, 2019, you no, know, 20, my dad died in 2017, three, excuse me, three years ago. So, yeah, eight, seven, five, and three years ago were all stair steps into me really, really getting in my feelings. I have never in my life had so many days where there were tears as a man come out of my eyes as I have these last few years. And I I often talk about it here on the show of how you can transform grief into your gift and then your gift will make a way for you to be as prosperous as as spiritually possible um, if you allow the process to happen. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. Tonight I'm not, I, I'm, I don't want to be deep with anybody as, as far as I, I consider deepness. I, I want to stay right here on the surface and tell you that it, it's okay for 
you to be in your feelings. There's a lot of talk and chatter, and I don't know where that started, but as of late, the whole term, oh, oh, she or he is in their feelings, and it's often regarded as a negative connotation when people start saying, oh, somebody's in their feelings. And because of that, people tend to hold in a lot more than they should and or instead of holding it in, suppressing it, they express it in an unnatural manner for their personality. And either way, those two things are, are not really good and healthy for an individual. And and so I've been thinking the other day, of course, I was in my feelings. I was in a tearful moment, and I was really thinking about my dad and some of the things that he told me. And then, you know, you, you learn that, you know, you say, okay, now what would your dad do? What would your dad say in a situation if, if you know, you're, you're in an emotional state and you really wish you could talk to him or, you know, whoever it is that, you it doesn't have to be somebody that died. Whoever it is that you just can't seem to communicate with well, um, you you have to begin to look at when you're in your feelings, are you a different person? And and I started analyzing myself just the other day. I mean, I really started putting it in the concept that, okay, I'm in my feelings right now, right? And probably if someone were to call or someone were to walk by and speak to me, I wouldn't respond to them in a manner that they would either be accustomed to from me or in a manner that if it's their first encounter with me, that they would want to have any other encounter with me. And I said to myself, you know what? That's okay. If, if people in 2020 can't understand that every dog has his day, and some dogs have two or three, then that's on them. You, you'd be surprised, maybe, maybe not you all, because you're gumbo listeners, that, you know, we come across people and they see someone at their worst, and then from that point forward, they almost only talk crazy about that individual or have something negative to say. And and don't take into account that maybe that person had a life-altering moment either that day or recently within your interaction, and they weren't in their typical mind state. Their responses were different than what they would normally give you. Now, my my understanding can can sometimes be misconstrued. Even sometimes I think I'm misunderstood. And I and I had to analyze myself. Am am I really uh, that bad or? An ABN asshole by nature. What that means? I, I, I believe so. I, I, there's no, there's no doubt about it. 
As a matter of fact, to give y'all a point of reference, I I had to do a notary job today. Um, uh, it was this afternoon. And I, in the conversation, I never spoke to the individual that booked me. It was only through text messages. So I really couldn't tell who they were. That was ironic. When I got to these folks' house, very, very nice home out in the country in in Kilgore, very nice home, very nice neighborhood, in fact, a new neighborhood. And I was like, you know, I could see myself living here. This is nice. We had a cul-de-sac and everything. And there was pretty much no more development in that little area. And there wasn't but maybe 30 top houses in this little subdivision. When I got to the front door, the the entry door was open, but the glass storm door was closed. And when I came up to the door about to ring the doorbell, there was a woman, um, a stately woman, um, a, a silver fox, you know, the she was gray-headed and uh, happened to be a sister. And when we locked each other's eyes, I could have that sense of, okay, we both are more comfortable because we have culture in common. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happened today. Fast forward to going and handling the business, there was a person there that I knew very well. I knew their daughter and their grandkids really well. One of the grandkids is in, in the school where I, I, I teach at, and, and the, uh, the daughter has been somebody that I've helped out over the years in, in a very real way, and uh, we're cool. We're not necessarily friends, but we're cool, right? And uh, we all got to talking after uh, we finished the business what they needed done, and it was, it was three of them, two ladies and a, and a gentleman. And I, and I thought I would be in and out, and I, virtually the work got done relatively quickly. But then the conversation afterwards, because the lady knew me, but I didn't recognize her when I came in, the one that knew me, not the one that came to the door, but the other one. And then we got to talking about that, so everybody was even more comfortable. And then I'm being me, you know, and so I'm a little harsh sometimes, a little brash. But these were thick-skinned folks. Folks my mom would like, you know, they, I think my mom would be cool with these, these folks because my mom is thick-skinned and she likes to speak her mind often. And a lot of people in the South, uh, you just have to admit it, everybody's so hospitable that a lot of them are thin-skinned and take everything offensive. These folks didn't. But when we got to the end of, of, of my time that I could spend with them and I had to go, the gentleman, when we were talking, said, I called you a few weeks ago about doing some paperwork. And instantly in the back of my mind, I could recall his voice, very distinctive voice, because I I just don't get people who call that talks like this brother talks very often, but he, he asked me questions that got on my nerves. I remembered that. But he said, I called you, and I remember telling the story, and he looked to the lady, the one that came to the door, and he said, this is, the, this is the person that I called, and I told you how rude he was. 
And I was thinking to myself, well, I only answer the phone one way, and that's or two ways, either hello, or I usually answer, this is Brandon, how can I help you? Because most of the time, people that call my phone, it's, it's business-related, so I just usually stay with that, the, 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 the latter. So I'm, 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 I'm listening to this guy, and I ain't cut him off, but he was going in, and he's like this, that, and third, and all this stuff's happening. And, and I had to, in my mind, give a self-check because he called me on a day I was in my feelings. He called me on a day where I was really busy, and I remembered the asinine questions that I felt like he was asking. And I had to just say, once he got done saying that, and I said, you know, that doesn't sound like me. But, brother, if you know when he – because he looked at my card, and what he asked for, and I was leaving. And he said, oh, this is the person I called, because he looked at the – not the name, but the business name and the phone number. And uh, I just had to kind of just say, instead of instead of being angry and upset, I just said to the brother, hey, man, uh, let me tell you, brother, I apologize. That, that that doesn't sound like me, and it probably wasn't me, but I know that it was me that you called, but that isn't typically me. He said, oh, no, no, no. He said, don't worry. He said, the experience here in person let me know more about you than that phone call. And he said, I want to apologize because I didn't look at, you know, the situation like, you would, you would after all this conversation we had today, he was talking about I didn't realize so many things that you were involved in, and I heard a lot of stuff in the background, and I and I did kind of drag on, but I wasn't sure what I needed to ask, and that really ticks me off when people call somebody and they don't know what they want, and I have to sit there and wait on them to work out their thoughts. It really does get on my nerves. It probably would get on yours too if you had to listen to that, you know, seventeen times a day people calling you and they don't have their thoughts together. That's why I get on my kids so much when they come asking me something and then they hem and haw and they don't put a full sentence together and I just make them start all over again so that they can get their thought together before they open their mouth. So the brother and I instantly had a bond, right, older gentleman. And, uh, and to the point where we were leaving – we did the man thing. He walked out with me. We walked outside, and then we shook hands again, and we talked. And I said, man, just use my number, man, if you need something. Because he's like, you know, I think you've got some resources that I'd like to tap into, um, and I just want to give you a call if I need guidance on something. And this is an older man. He's got to be 30 years my, my elder at, at the minimum. Maybe, yeah, 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 30, 30, 30 for sure. Um, and I, I just, I'm in awe because here we are. We're talking tonight about uh, uh, being in your feelings, being in my feelings. And, and usually when you're in your feelings, you don't project who you really are well, but it's still who you are. It's just in a, in a state of heightened awareness or a lack thereof because of your awareness of other things. You might be, be, be tunnel vision when you're in your feelings. But, but here's a perfect example of, not allowing the the point in time that a person is not really um, eligible to be who they're supposed to be deeming themselves. It's just happening today, and I had no idea that this situation was going to happen. But y'all that listen to this show know uh, it's, it's some stories that happened to me, and um, I just need to put this book together. Did I tell y'all? No, I didn't tell y'all. Last week, 
Last Thursday, I, I did a closing, and I didn't get to do the show. And the lady I did a closing with was a book editor. She edits books for these large publishing firms. And we were sitting there talking, and her husband and I, and she instantly said, I would edit your book for free. You need to write a book. So I don't know, you know. I don't know if that's a sign or not. Uh, I don't know if I got the time to do it, but I need to do it. But the thing about this this whole thing where we're in our feelings, out of our feelings, people tend to say, you know, uh, I can't fool with them because they're always in their feelings. I enjoy being around people who are in their feelings. For some reason, the rudimentary, the essence of a person comes out when they're under pressure or uh, their back is against the wall or the heat is turned up on them. I've always been a big fan of coffee, tea, gold, and silver Um, because the heat and the pressure brings out the best in them. I want to be the type of person that when I'm in my feelings, the best comes out of me. I I don't know about you, and I don't know about anybody else. Most of us, you can hardly deal with us when we're in our feelings. And I think it's because that tunnel vision thing or whatever chemically, psychologically happens in the brain during the times of heightened emotions, wouldn't it be fabulous, though, if we learned how to tame all that energy? I, I'm not, I haven't grown to the mindset where I can harness my feelings like I want to to convert that energy into a positivity all the time. Sometimes I'm able to do it, but not all the time. Well, I wish I could do it all the time because that's one of the most powerful things in the world is when you're, you're really in tune with your own emotions. You really think on a new level. That's why some people do certain kinds of drugs because it, it helps them to, to focus on something or not focus on something so that they can perform or do their art or expressive the way they like to be expressive. And I don't knock them either. I, I don't. I don't knock a lot of people that uh, I think folks knock. I, I used to be one when I was on the block. I used to talk down on the folks that that smoke crack. I, I don't. I don't. I don't have the time for that anymore. I wish that they didn't because I know that it's going to affect their body and they're going to die from it. But I, I don't know that they even care because they're looking for a feeling that that they haven't been able to get anywhere else. My my tendency to have a drink when I'm really deep in my emotions um, is not something that is necessary, but I, I have a flip side. I, when I drink, I, I begin to think about the times when I used to drink for fun and just have a good party. And that's why I don't drink because I'm drowning my sorrows. I've learned that if I chose the bottle or some other vice while I'm not feeling so well, 
to try to be the answer, the answer still may not be be there. The question still looms or the situation or issue still looms after you finish whatever you're doing. I, I'm not naive to that point. But I drink because I remember a time when I drank and I had fun. And I had fun when I was drinking. I, when I'm not feeling so fun, I have a drink, and I can reminisce on the times where I had that feeling when I was having fun. And I don't know if that's a good way or a healthy way to think of it. It may not be either because it alters my mood and maybe my mind, but the point is is I'm an adult. I'm over 21. I don't drink and put anyone else in danger, and I'm not the type of person that when I have a drink, I get belligerent. In fact, I get sleepy, or I get really cool, calm, and collective. I, I like to sit down and, 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 and just talk and, and, and or, or be quiet when I drink. So it's, it's, it's not that. It, the point I'm getting at is, is that I don't look down on most people because some people are stuck in a particular feeling that they just can't get out of. And one day they'll get out of it, and then they'll realize that all of that was for a reason, and they'll be like me today with this gentleman. I mean, because it was a switch in my head to tell him, man, hell no, I don't even answer the phone. Yeah. In fact, I know I never answer the phone. Yeah. Okay? So that's (laughs) – that that didn't sound right, but the point of it is, is that he had a thought. He probably was right, and I had to instantly process that he is not degrading me. He's not berating me. I don't need to get in my feelings here in an unnatural way to be defensive. This is one of those moments where you can build a bond instead of uh, break down a bridge. And I am learning every single day to, to harness uh, my emotions better so that when I have a turning, pivotal, sense, whatever you want to call it, moment or point, that I'm able to do it without causing a foul. You know, in basketball, some of you know, some of you may not, there's a pivot move. Some some basketball players are really good at it. So you have to dribble the ball in order to move both of your feet. Anytime you don't dribble the ball, you can only move one foot, and the other foot has to stay stationary. However, you can spin on that foot, and if you spin, it's called a pivot or pivot move, and to get yourself either free to make a pass, make a shot, or whatever else you could do, maybe convince them to swat the ball so that you can get it back once they touch it, whatever trick you got. But the key is is that you can't move that one foot if the other foot moves. The moment you do, the referee is standing there to call a walking or traveling violation on you. There is no need when we understand ourselves better to put ourselves in a position where we cause a foul 
against ourselves. That that reaps benefits that aren't quite beneficial. It's more of a consequential uh, result because even if nobody else sees it, God does. And there are many times when we look at Bible, those of you who may be Muslim or follow Islam, when we look at the Quran, and 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 for Judaism and Christ, all the religions have something in them that is a foul if you violate certain principles. There are different repercussions. Some there aren't any, but there's just it's more of a self reflection moment. But the point of it is, is you don't want to cause yourself any more problems. By not by not doing what you can do, what you're allowed to do, without causing a foul. I pivot all the time. Sometimes I pick up that pivot foot, and I know when I do, and I and I and I shake my head. And I, I take my file, and sometimes I even ask for forgiveness. But as we get closer to the big game, um, we, we, we learn that we don't want to do anything that would jeopardize us or our team. And the more and more we can learn how to um, get a grip. Can you imagine thinking about basketball? playing against Dennis Rodman back in the day, how he used to get in the head of people and get them really, really into their feelings, and then they were thrown off the game, and then when you get the main player thrown off the game, off of their game, and you were just really taunting and teasing them, you can in in turn win the game because you were playing a defense the whole time as an offense to this person or these people throwing them off of their game because they got in their emotions. Could you imagine playing against a player like that as good as he was at defense and as good as he was at getting in the minds of people and just flipping a switch and then they were no longer, you know, who they showed up to be? Um, we can't be our own Dennis Rodman on, on the Detroit Pistons. We, we can't do that. We can't be our own bad boy. We we we're gonna make we're gonna make mistakes, yeah. But if you're if you're if you're well aware, at least that you're in emotional states, um, you 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 should put yourself in positions that 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 you that you don't cause foul. I I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. Um, had it been two or three weeks ago, and uh, they were going through something, and uh, I was trying to get a hold of them, and they wouldn't answer the phone. And uh, I said, "Well, what what the heck is going on here? Nobody's answering the phone. You know what the heck?" And and then when I finally got a hold of them, I was like, "You know what was the deal?" Oh man, this, that, and the third. When I when I when I when I'm dealing with all this. I shut down and I don't want to be bothered. I said, well, damn, that's not really a good way to 
to do it. But, I mean, that's your way. Okay, now I know. You know, I, I get it. I didn't know that was what was going on. I had a question. I needed an answer. I didn't know you was in your feelings like that, and you just didn't feel like answering the phone for nobody. I, I, I did not I did not process that, okay? Now I process it. I get it. Okay, that's the way you handle that thing. But people know how you get down when you're in, in, in when you're in your feelings and and we're all on a on a similar team then that's when we start understanding our teammates and we start going to bat for them we start you know if if they're low we got to pick up the pep and be there for them and the whole thing what I'm talking about tonight is in our feelings is that every last one of us is in our feelings at some point some of us more than others but you got to have people around you because at some point, sometimes you get so low, it's depression. And and it's okay to be depressed. There's nothing wrong with you being in your emotions. There's nothing wrong with you having a flight of emotions up and down and all over the place. As long as you know you've got a team of people around you that care. And they understand you when you're in your feelings. We need people. No man, no woman is an island entire of itself. So we must understand our connection to one another. And as we live our life, we 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 go in and out of our ways and mores and folk ways, and we have to begin to help one another. The poem, No Man is an Island, I had to read it when I was in high school or when I had been middle school. I probably was probably middle school or elementary. I'm going to read it to you. It's a... It says here, I won't run, I will stay. I'm not leaving you. I know there's friction here. The struggle makes us new. I wish you never thought you had to go. Wish you never thought you had to leave. Together we can lift each other up. We can build a shelter for the weak. No man is an island. We can be found. No man is an island. Let your guard down. You don't have to fight me. I am for you. We're not meant to live this life alone. I see fear in your eyes. There's no safety here. Oh, my friend, let me in. I will share your tears. I wish you never thought you had to go. Wish you never thought you had to leave. Together we can lift each other up. We can build a shelter for the weak. No man is an island. We can be found. No man is an island. Let your guard down. You don't have to fight me. I am for you. We are not meant to live this life alone. Through trouble, rain, or fire, let's reach out to something higher. Ain't no life outside each other through trouble, rain, or fire. Let's reach out to something higher, eyes open to one another. We are not alone. We are not alone. No man is an island. We can be found. No man is an island. Let your guard now. You don't have to fight me. I am for you. We're not meant to live this life alone. We don't have to do it alone. No man is alone. 
Why you try to fight me, we don't have to do it alone. Have to do it alone. Brandon Shirley, Jason Jameson, Jeff Owen, Mike Donnelly, and Ruben Juarez wrote that. No man is an island. Lyrics. And there's a poem, you know, about no man is an island in time itself. But that 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 lyric, that that poem right there was written based on that. And it was much more um contemporary than the other original No Man of an Island and Tiber Itself poem. I think it was Aesop or somebody. I don't know who who wrote that uh, that poem. Um but I I just know that we're connected. I know that we have boundaries that we put up between one another. Some of us have these great walls. Some of us have as as little as invisible screens. But we have to begin to let our guard down. I know that seems antithesis to do, but I, I really believe that when people don't have any dirt on you, <laughs> they don't really have anything that can hurt on you. And and I really have been that kind of way. I'm like, okay, but folks talk about this, that, and the third. I'll, I'll tell you, I, you know, you know, that's the, okay. You found out this little bit of information about me, okay, and. I've told that story time and time again. You want to try something else? A lot of us keep things in. And a lot of those things we keep in, like I said earlier, the, the way we express it doesn't come out maybe the way that we intend it to. And therefore, sometimes we create more problems than we we started with. My life has changed for the better, uh, and it changes every day for the better, even if I don't realize it. I don't don't have what I'd like to have yet, and I'm learning to try to take care of what I do have better. I cannot allow someone who doesn't know me or even love me to have power over me to themselves and to all of us, some people. Although it impacts us, I I don't have to allow them to have control. I must admit, I have not been in my feelings much at all about politics. But the other day, when 45 was said to have contracted coronavirus, and then treated it 
and his situation like it was nothing. Because as you and I, I don't know, maybe not you, but I know that them folks at the top, they're going to get access to stuff that not everybody gets access to. As a matter of fact, the son of a gun said it itself. I'm going to get everyone to have the same treatment that I got. Yeah. Why haven't Why hasn't everybody gotten the same treatment you gotten? You let 200 and damn near 50,000 people, a quarter of a million people die, and then now you're going to come out and say, oh, yeah, we got these cocktails and whatnot, stuff that ain't none of us heard of, you know, that you're giving folks that's going to treat you and get you back on your feet in a day, but yet you got people that are still dying every day? I was in my feelings about that as a person that had coronavirus that got a hospital bill as long as uh, <laughs> the, the, the food stamp line when back when we was kids when you was looking for that government cheese. I did, it was it the line the 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 the, <laughs> the audacity. I said, okay, I get it. And then I began to get in my feelings about all these people I know, especially people my skin folk, who don't vote and talk down on people who do as if their vote doesn't matter. I I, I really and I got people that I I, I know I associate with that think like this, and I'm gonna have to really start cussing them out. Because I'm like, how do you have the audacity to talk about people and try to talk down on people for exercising a right? And then you, some of the guns, all got jackets on you. Every last one of you been on probation, parole, or in prison. But you're talking about something that other people do as being corny and unnecessary. Well, it was unnecessary for you to leave the government to take care of your kids while you was gone. There's a whole lot of things people do. I don't get it. And they, they, they don't even think about their own self. But uh, we got to vote. Uh, I would, I will lend my vote to Biden and Harris, not because I want to, because I have to. Um, I, I really wish there was a better candidate than Joe Biden, but who knows? He's so old. He'll get in the office. He might die. And then we have a soul sister as president. Yes, she was a prosecutor. She'd been the police. But uh, she's still a soul sister. Can't take that away from her. You know why you can't take things like that from people? Another eye-opening experience happened, and I and I didn't get in my feelings at all. Um, I just kind of laughed. I shrugged my shoulders and said, that might be the martyr that some of my skin folk need. And that was the Jonathan Price incident up in Wolf City, Texas, where a young black brother thought that the police was the best thing since sliced bread, thought that the police were his friends, and he never had a negative experience. And then his first negative experience, he tried to shake his oppressor's hand, and his oppressor put four bullets into his chest and killed him. I wonder if he realized before he died who his real enemy was. I don't know that he did or he didn't, but his family has to grieve without him, 
And I hope that other brothers realize that you cannot, you know, side with the oppressor and think that you won't get the lesser. Look here, y'all. This is the show tonight. I hope that you reflect on when you're in your feelings how you project that, how that comes out. I hope that the people around you accept you when you're in your feelings and they either they help you or they get out of your way. I hope that love abounds and that there's nothing that's going to get in your way as we work towards the finish line. Next week, 